0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to Slogging It. It's a sad day. It really is a sad day because we'd started something that we, we thought was just going to be glorious forever in a day. Now, unfortunately, Simon's lost his singing voice. Now, I very much doubt he's lost his ranting voice, but for tonight's episode, he's lost
2: his singing voice. Simon, please, please enlighten us. I, I couldn't think of an appropriate song that goes with is Ravager the Age of the Best All-Rounder in the World
0: and or has Steve Smith lost his mojo? Or are Australian just whinging ninnies because they can't, in india and they're telling everyone that the pictures are just made for indian spinners i don't know well i mean
2: i could have gone with michael buble and home i suppose
1: that'd have be been nice that could have been nice but that doesn't feel in, doesn't fit into your kind of mid-80s rock-based anthems right? i think yeah. i've i think i've
2: ex- like every immediately come to mind mid-80s semi-rocky probably being in a film song i, I feel i've exhausted the options So we we might you never know what might happen next week. I might think of something, yeah, and 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 surprise everyone. I might I might think of one halfway through the show and just randomly burst into song.
1: Now there's a challenge. There's a challenge. (laughs) Um, things we have learned this week: the Aussies are rubbish. Simon's winning the weight loss challenge must be as he's managed to somehow fit himself into an eight-year-old rugby top because that was the last time he must have played rugby for tonight's recording. England are really good. Ian Healy also thinks that the second test wicket was shit because the Aussies didn't win. England women beat India women to basically secure a top berth spot in their group and therefore, in theory, an easier semi-final in the World's T20 World Cup. Eugene has become a hermit since our birthday party. Simon's lost his singing voice. Ravi Jadeja and Ravi Ashwin are both really good. And my new golf clubs are still set. Shat. Well, I, I, I can't tell if they're shouts or not yet because I haven't been able to play. Yet my old golf clubs have had more outings than my new golf clubs. So more of that later. Gentlemen, how are we? Simon, obviously, you're no singing from you tonight. Huge, how are you, mate? How's your, how's your whole?
0: Good, thanks. Yeah, I've had, a, I suppose it's just a, a really busy work week. Put, putting in the hours. I know a lot of people say that I don't work very often because I'm always on, on the social media or, or on WhatsApp too often. This week, I've actually put in... Probably a good amount of hours compared to... I've worked my, my quota for the year, I think, is where I'm getting with this.
1: Right, right. Simon, actually, how are you? I mean, other than I'm going to go about you not producing the song this week. Are you all right, my boy?
2: I, I'm pretty good. I'm a, I'm a little bit tired, but we are recording this at 10 o'clock on a Monday night, which seems to be our go-to thing at the minute when you've had a massive weekend to, to then go, I oh, know you're not going to have an early night on that Monday but there's nothing on telly. We're going to record this. At ten o'clock,
1: <laughs> something to look forward to. It's what Monday nights are made for. We've also learned that the second second weekend, large weekend in a row. Obviously, you'll you know by now, listeners, that I was struggling with gout last week. This week, I actually feel like I had a wander through downtown Basra and stepped on a landmine. My right ankle is in so much trouble.
2: <laughs> Other war zones are available.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, don't want to be don't want to be specific to that one particular. Warzone, right? What have we got to go through, Eugene? Obviously, the the last week's episode is now out for for people to have enjoyed. But can you just explain a little bit about the the hold up? Because people are used to you being so brilliant, the editor extraordinaire of all of the podcasts that you do. Do you want to just talk a little bit about the the technical troubles that we've had with one of our partners this week? Yeah,
0: I suppose uh, like all good things. Sometimes things go technically wrong, right? I mean. If it was just very smooth writing, then I suppose that would be too easy. So yeah, we just had a, a, an issue with the recording and the editing software, but yeah, we're we're back on track. I've managed to resolve stuff, so yeah, it should be out. Well, we'll see which we, we'll see which order it comes out in. You never know. This we might be we might be talking about the episode that might be after this. Who knows?
1: Oh, well, I, fr- I framed that then as in the other one was already out, so this had followed it, but nailed it. So that, along with well, the, uh, the, the technology we use, both have gone tits up. So, yeah.
0: Human era technology. I was going to say, say is, is...
1: same, same. Yeah. yeah. On to the cricket. I think we might start in New Zealand. How about that? What do we think? Simon, thoughts? If,
0: yeah. That,
2: England are playing quite well at the minute. This positive frame of mind that they seem to be going in and, and sort of lack of negative thoughts and all that kind of gubbins seems to be paying off for them. Harry Brook's quite good, and Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad are still very, very good when there's a little bit in the pitch.
1: Yes. You may have seen, there have been numerous people trying to claim that Warren and McGrath were better. but People love, just, just love, I guess, I mean, it'd be interesting to see in 30 years how, how people look at them then, because people are saying, oh no, Warren and McGrath were miles better than Broad and Anderson. Well, they didn't take as many wickets
0: between them. Where do you sit on that you, argument, huge longevity? I guess. I mean, when you look at the the, the and Warren era, actually, have, have they played more or less Tests? Maybe, I can't remember more. the stats on that. By the way, Consi- consider- considerably more. It's probably about thirty odd more Tests, I think. So, well, there you go. I mean, that's the important thing: is longevity versus versus strike rate. I mean, is, hang on. How do how do bowlers measure success?
1: Strike rate, right? No, I'd say I'd say amount of wickets, wouldn't you? Like I'd say it's amount of runs as a batter over average. And I'd say it's amount of wickets over strike rate would be my, would be my call.
0: So I think what we're basically saying is, is that there's difference of opinion because different people measure different things. It was interesting listening to a, an interview the other day where one of the lads said, he's not really worried about the amount of runs he goes for. He's more interested in the amount of wickets he takes, which obviously mm. destroys strike rate. So I think some people would prefer a, a strike rate of where Jimmy is at for well, since since he turned thirty seven, I think he's, More, a, yeah, a, yeah. A, he's averaging seventeen. I want to say somewhere around there, around that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, because, I think I, I think it's open to interpretation.
1: Simon, I mean, when you when you, I mean, obviously the three of us have watched a, a lot of cricket in our day. You never see, do you, on any kind of stats when stats are brought up? Stats are never brought up. It's always runs. It's never strike right, Is
2: it ever? Well, it depends on the format, doesn't it? Back well, yeah, you... Sprite
1: rate has only come to be since white ball cricket has had so much prominence, specifically T20, really, hasn't it?
2: Well, yeah, and it, it, it's just... Like we said the other week, when you're comparing eras, when you're comparing bowlers, what makes the who is better than who debate always a good one, and there is no right answer. There's your opinion, and 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 that's what matters. I personally think that McGraw and Anderson, McGraw yeah. and Bro- uh, the other one, fucking hell. Well, what, what, Warner McGraw were were better bowlers. That's that's my opinion. Like, but you also have to factor in longevity, like Eugene says. When you're talking about how good a bowler is, one of those factors is longevity, as well as strike rate, as well as how many games they've won, contributed to wins in. There's there's loads of other different factors that you that you have to factor in, and and for me, that's what makes the the questions. And the debate's so good, you can sit and produce stats till the cows come yeah, cows come home, knob falls off, whatever else you want to say like it's it's are they two very good bowlers the one The one thing you can sort of you're going to struggle to find a more argument are are they two of England's most successful ever bowlers yes, yes, it is when you actually break down are they England's two leading wicket tickets yes that's that's one given stat that you can't dispute are they a better bowler? Well, you can, again, like Eugene says, it's how you choose to, how you're judging that. Was Courtney Walsh better than Kirtley Ambrose, for example? Like, you sit there and go, well, Courtney Walsh played X amount of games more, took 280-odd more wickets. And if you want to look at those bits, he did it over more games, over a longer period of time, and and everything else that goes with it. So it's all interesting point are they the two most are they the most successful pair of bowlers to have ever played together can't argue with that if yeah. it's your determining factor is number of wickets taken together you can, that's that is there to everyone to see but and that's what makes opinion so good isn't it like when we're talking about steve smith don bradman whatever else of the week yeah how do you want to judge it
1: when uh, when you look at that let's take that argument in in on its own, I was trying to find the, the correct word there. As we say, it's now seven minutes past ten on a Monday night and I just couldn't find it. The, so the, the Warner-McGrath partnership, I think, was probably so impressive because during that time, Australia basically steamrolled everything that that came, kind of went in front of them other than the 2009 Ashes when Warney still was playing. I think McGrath retired 2007, didn't he? Yeah, they both
2: retired at the same time. They both retired 2007.
1: Did Warren not play? T- oh no, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't because Nathan Horitz was their number one spinner, mm. then wasn't he? Yeah, he did well. You're not not heard much about him since. <laughs> exactly. The, yeah, but the and Marcus North. You can never forget Marcus North. But the yeah, I think the fact that they did it in thirty odd less games, and and I think Jimmy and Brody are now maybe two or three wickets ahead of him. But the the fact that they were the key part of the bowling attack that got Australia to be that side that everybody was frightened of. Yes, they had an unbelievable batting lineup as well, but. I think I don't know whether that makes them slightly better in some people's eyes than Anderson and Broad because Anderson and Broad yes have played for a long time but England haven't they've never really been able to drive England to that consistent greatness that Warren and McGrath were able to do for Australia. Is that is that
2: accurate or I think the thing that does it for me is you look at Warren and McGrath at the same time they were playing one day they they were playing all formats. I know there was only two formats then. For the majority of their career there was there was two for international level there was two formats and they played every game that they were available for Australia other than when Shane Warne allegedly took something to get rid of the fluid on his shoulder not allegedly he got done so you look at that whereas Broad and Anderson in the last what eight years haven't played any short format cricket they've they've been able to just roll that roll themselves out for Test Match cricket. They play very little county cricket. So they've, they've been more better looked after, which has given them the opportunity. So, And I think when you're talking about the greatest of the pairs, that situation, stuff like that has to be factored in. So that that's why, for me, McGraw and Warner are the best pair of bowlers to have ever played. I, I don't dispute what you're saying about the fact they're in a better side. They're in a, a side that steamrolled them, but it's all about balance, isn't it? Like you've just said, you've got some bowlers that want to take, they, they're not bothered about how many runs they go for. And you look at that Australia side of that, they had Brett Lee that filled that role that, that meant McGraw could play his role.
0: Yeah. yeah. To a
2: certain extent. And then, and then Warn, I mean, Warren was just a different kettle of fish altogether, really. It was in a time where other than Moralitharine, when spinners were kind of there to hold an end up in, other than when people played in the subcontinent, he was there on all pitches in all around the world just being an, an attacking bowler as an option. And then they either had Bickle, Gillespie as, as a different type of third seamer. And that meant that they could balance their side because they had those four bowlers. They didn't need an all-rounder because they had those four bowlers. So you look at what made that side good. It's not just the, those pair being that pair. What they led then caused was the side to be able to be balanced in a certain way very similar to how England did when they had Graham Swan, they could they could change the balance of the side to make it so they only
0: needed four bowlers, which it, does it make is... a massive difference. And go on. I was going to say, there is one massive difference that we're not looking at. Well, we, we, we are looking at it, but we're not looking at it directly, is that Shane Warne was just an absolute freak. When you look at the, the stats between Broad and Anderson, it's 570 and... 550 equally shared Shane Warne took 708 wickets in his total career when you look at the when you look at the the the, the, however many they stood together Shane Warne took the lion's share of that he must have over 100 wickets more than Glenn McGraw so Hmm. I think what you need to really look at was Shane Warne is the difference in that pair yes they happen to have the Mm. same longevity but he was the difference between the rest of the, the world when it came to cricket. I mean, him and Mia Lutheran were masters of their art and, and they both got equally well, morley has got 800. I you know, agree with that. You know, good bowler played in different conditions and, yeah, from my perspective, that's something that you need to look at too. Is is that there was an individual person in there that was also brilliant. I'm not saying McGraw was didn't hold his own, but but yeah, Warren for me was the big difference.
1: <laughs> It'd be an interesting what? argument. to Five hundred and forty Test McGraw.
0: wickets. Yeah, he, he held his own. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So why you mention why you mentioned those two huge Warren versus Morraitha in argument? Who's the best one there? Because some would argue that to play the, all of his home tests in Sri Lanka. That would make it easier as a spinner for Morley to get the. I mean, he was phenomenal, no question. But who who's the master of spin bowling?
0: Those two, pat Cox. We're not going to go Fuck into those know. two today because I mean, we will be here arguing with each other until the end of time about who the best bowler is. <laughs> yeah.
2: And it's I, now. I mean, I, I yeah, I, you can have the the debate. Yeah, if it, it could go on and on and on and on and on. But. The things that made them so good, and I know Jimmy Anderson has become the seventh bowler to take two hundred and fifty wickets away from home. Which, when you look at that, and Congrats. I was just trying to flick through and find the stat there. But but top is Morrie. Wow! So yeah, it, Three hundred and three hundred and something of his eight hundred wickets came away from home. Yeah, which is an incredible feat. To be fair, and yeah. it's one thing. Yes, he got five hundred wickets in Sri Lanka. Fair play, but then to get that amount of wickets, away from home.
0: Nice a, it, yeah. F- yeah, how many were bowled and how many dead. were chucked, though? Oh, <laughs> you're wow. South
2: African, you're protecting your own. Oh, it was Australian umpire that called him on it, two of them.
0: Daryl yeah. Hare, wasn't well, it?
2: But, No, but, Ross but, Emerson yeah. was the first person to do it, was it, Ross? Yeah, yeah. Daryl <laughs> Hare just battered on with it for after he got reported way, back.
0: I mean, he yeah, yeah. we went through how many tests and passed all of them, so he was not chucking it. He had a double-jointed elbow from memory.
1: He also, do you remember that stupid, yeah, that foot, it wasn't Daryl Hare, it was that one that you mentioned, Simon, that no him when he bowled a leg spinner. It was a really famous occasion where he actually bowled a leg spinner and the umpire no-balled him. <laughs> and he's just going, you're a fucking dick. Like, <laughs> you're obviously not watching. This is obviously a personal vendetta and a personal attack. Yeah. He literally bowled a leg spinner, where it's impossible to bowl with a bent elbow. And he's, he's stood there with his arm out, no-ball. Dickhead.
2: Anyway... Simon, I've got a very funny story about him. We were stood at Lord's one day and England were playing Sri Lanka and we were training with him. And he was just bowling on a pitch at the, on the nursery ground. And we all went and stood behind the keeper. One of our lads was keeping to him just, just so he could just bowl a bit and whatever. And we all started trying to pick him. And about 10 minutes of watching him, we started like pointing and you could see him trying to disguise it more and more because like, it was his, he got it all from his wrist, and how he managed to, to flick his wrist round at the end to make it do different things, and then he just came down to it, and we we, we were getting it by the end, and he just walked up to and goes picking very easy, playing very difficult. That's probably a fair point, mate. Hold on, you got he was on seven hundred and whatever wickets at that point, point. So I was yeah. like, yeah, you you've probably got a fair point. That's amazing, but That's he was I mean. he, and he was a brilliant bloke, really really nice guy, just. Having a laugh and a joke with his freaky eyes. Freaky eyes. Yeah. Like when he used to run in a ball and his eyes would go massive. And, just, and he bowled it quick as well, which is what we were talking about when people talk about Jadeja as well. He bowls it so fast. Mm. Scariest international cricketer I've ever met in terms
1: of just how they look. Vasbert Drake's one of the nicest people you will ever meet, but the way his face sits, he actually looks like he'd murder, murder his own mother. Like, he's just got one of those angry faces, just looks terrifying. Resting
2: rest bitch face.
1: Yeah, I just played against Damn. him in a lashings game years and years and years ago. And he's such a nice bloke. But every time he stopped talking and his face just went into his resting position, you're like, oh, my God, he's he's <laughs> just about to rip my face off. But, yeah, lovely fella. His son, Dominic Drake, is, is doing pretty well, I think, in the, in the West Indies setup as well. Right, Simon, do you have a rant this evening? Anything in particular that's gotten your
2: biscuit this week? I've had quite a mellow week, to be honest. Oh, it's been nice that there's I've not had I, there's been opportunity to check out some scores of some test cricket, and it's been. I mean, some people might say that the test match in Pak in Pakistan they're not playing there. In India hasn't been necessarily the highest standard, but the bowling has been, and people can sit and moan about the pitches. No one moans when it's a fast and bouncy one in Australia, and. The, the the Asian nations struggle. No one moans when it's a green one in England and different countries struggle. You're playing in the subcontinent. It's probably going to spin. And what they do is they, they're used to those conditions and they've got two of, argue, well, two of the best bowl, uh, bowling all-rounders in terms of spinners, in probably three if you include Axe Patel because he seems to be smashing it to all parts and doing well. And, and I just... My, the only rant I could potentially have is when people start bemoaning pitches, and what's good for the goose is good for the gander. You can't sit and bitch and moan at people when they come to Australia, for example, like Ian Healy saying that pitches are unacceptable. Well, when English lads go to the Gabba and it's flying round your head from just backwards of a the length, they're going, "No, oh, they're the pitches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got to get used to the bounce in Australia." Well, no, can't we have? If, like I said. A few weeks ago, if, if the India decided to prepare the Gabba, they'd be fucking stupid. So just accept it's hard to win away. We've seen it's hard to win away in Test cricket at the minute. Yeah, and, and just have a bit of tact and admit that you've been outplayed on the pitch. It's, I mean, at the end of the day, this recent Test match, they, got, they had a 1st in his lead. Australia had a 1st in his lead. But it won. won. But you had a 1st in his lead. And, and you got bowled out in the first inning. You didn't get bowled out by Jadeja or Ashwin. You got bowled out by Mohamed Shami.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Like, I'm not, he's a fine bowler, but. but the only thing like, I'd say to add to that is I watched the second innings and I don't think that the Australians were playing test cricket. They were having a swipe at everything. When, when you look, I mean, let, let's, let's, let's take a step back here. Yeah? We know. That there was 220 overs bowled in a Test match. We know that 35 of them were bowled seam. There was one Australian seam bowler that was utilized. The rest was spin. Now, yeah, I don't think that the pitch played that badly. When you look at how well India batted in the second innings, the the issue that the Australians had is is that they weren't playing straight. They were swiping across the line. I, I, I mean, somebody got bowled around their legs. Another person got bowled trying to sweep another. When you look at the highlights of it, it was just a shocking display of batting. So from my perspective, I think Australia lost that game because when when you look at they had the opportunity to bowl fourth in the game, they should have taken time out of the game, let the pitch deteriorate even more. And then they could have bowled them out for whatever they wanted to. But they tried to do the, 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 the latest phasing or the latest trend in test cricket, which is trying to smash the ball to all parts. on a pitch that didn't work. So if they'd maybe channeled their inner, their inner Zimbabwean or inner West Indian sides across the pond, they might have actually won. The I think
1: it's, it's really interesting. I was going to mention something. So I saw a, uh, a, a quote from Pujara. Who obviously, congratulations on your hundredth test. But the Aussies, fair play to him, gave him a signed shirt and congratulations on your hundredth test. Pat Cummins gave that to him after the game, But he really well, got thirty one out, and he he said that he knew after he'd faced five or ten balls, he said it actually wasn't a difficult pitch to bat on, but he had a he had a process that he was either going to get very deep in his crease because he knew the ball could stay low, or he was going to get he was going to run down the wicket and either block, cover it. Or, or play it depending on what came down. He said actually the danger coming out of the pitch was kind of getting stuck on the crease where you're kind of half going forward and then what, if one does die in the wicket then that's where you're going to get in a bit of trouble. But he, he either went a long way forward as in like take, advancing down the wicket or he went right back into his stumps by which time if the ball does die off the wicket you've got time, a bit of time to adjust. The Aussies, that second innings, like you say, you'd it became a one innings test match yeah, the Aussies had a lead of one. Got bowled out for 113, having been 60, 61, I think for one or something, 62, or maybe without 62, a loss overnight. Yeah. Like carnage. Like, and I think Alan Border was going berserk on commentary. By all accounts, some of the Australians are now leaving. To they're going home. Warner's injured, obviously. I think Hazelwood's going home. I think Mitch swept his family come back to England. Yeah. 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 Cummins is going home so for I family reasons. The, the, the Australians seem to be in a little bit of a, a strange place at the minute, which they I think I think the the Indians need to win three one, don't they? Now to 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 make the uh, the World Test Championship final. You two said, Eugene, you said two all, I believe. Simon, did you say three one?
2: I said two one first off, and then changed it to three one. So we're all. Just, I, I, well, I think I'm wrong.
1: 4-0. <laughs> I said four 0 I I think I think well all all all. We're all still in play. I think Eugene's probably
0: the most fearful for his prediction. Huge. I thought you were going to say I've got the most opportunity. Yeah, I mean, Aussie's going to win the last two. I mean, I, I almost text you when India were in absolute trouble before Axar scored that 70-yard. I was going, there we go. He said he was going to win. It. <laughs> yeah, and then then, unfortunately, Australia did the most Australian thing. And, yeah, too many South Africans in there. They choked. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I wish you had sent me that text message. To be fair, but you did predict from
0: memory. You did predict that the Aussies Aussies would win this second test. Well, they they, they, they did they did win it, but they did. I mean, they had the opportunity; they just didn't win it. They won the first innings. <laughs> yeah,
2: That's a, in Australian cricket, that counts. <laughs> <It>
1: does, yeah. <laughs> yeah, England, New Zealand. No, we are going to have to cover this. England just keep going with the same mindset, don't they? Like, for, I think both innings went at pretty much fives. From from ball one is that Crawley just keeps getting little things wrong, doesn't he? That people say that he batted quite well for his twenty eight or whatever it was in the second dig, but dropped two catches. Yes, under lights, he'll be disappointed with both of them. Didn't get any in the first innings. When when are, when is people's patience going to run out with him? That'll be interesting. They seem to really like him in the England camp. Is he going Is he there for for a while? Is he not? Or does he need to do something in the next test? I think it is a two-test series, isn't it? So is the issue in for the Ashes? You'd say Ben Duckett's impressed. Johnny's got to come back. You know, has he? Has he? Well, Johnny, you'd you'd expect Johnny Best to come back if he has a reasonable start to the championship season. You'd expect him to get back into the squad.
2: I think he'll be in the squad. Uh, It's just it's more of a uh, philosophical point when obviously he was part. He was well. He was kind of one of the main just to come out of last summer when England did it. But I think if you look at this the way things are going now, if he's not going to keep Wicket, which I've got no reason to think that they won't, that they, they will drop him, to, so to speak, but it's all of a sudden, it's looking a bit interesting, isn't it? With They seem set on Crawley. Basically, Brendan McCullum has said there's not many players in the world that can do what he can do as an opening batter. it's come in and do, done well. Um, although Adam Light not Adam Light the left-hander that was opening a him before, and Lease. Adam Lee, uh, Yeah. He got 100 and whatever odd for the Lions the other day and looked very good. So I, I don't think... I, I, I'll be honest. I, I think the thing is with them at the minute, I think they trust the guys and will give them a go. And it's not just a case of, right, we'll give you four or five tests. I think they're, they're saying about Zach Crawley, right, you are our opening batter. Yeah. Because you can do these things. And they obviously used Duckett in Pakistan because of his ability to play spin. And he did really well, and they've now given him the role to go to New Zealand. I think if he has another semi reasonable test, he's inked in for the for the summer stuff. Pope has been decent. The one that I mean, that ironically, the one that's Joe perhaps Root. not performed quite as as he could have done over the last eight nine months of the mindset being what it is. I'm not going to say Basball because I hate that. Is is Joe Root so.
0: Go on, are you suggesting Joe should
2: be dropped? Are, you, are, you, are they going to drop him, or is it a case of Birstow's now going to have to keep? We obviously saw in that interview with Johnny Birstow that we had at the Tavs dinner when he he got told, no, you're not keeping, your are at five. Well, Harry Brooks coming in is averaging 80 or whatever he's averaging at the minute. It is, he's got the most, what is he, top five for score, runs scored in the first four test matches or something, or first to 300s or whatever it was, yeah. like, he's come in and done that ben folks has done well playing again and this is what, what what i will give them credit they've not asked ben Fokes to go and play in the way that they've asked Everyone harry Duke to did. yeah yeah he's been positive but he's he's playing his way. he's mm. he's, he's he's scoring at sixty 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 one as a strike rate i think over the yeah. last thing so it's not a this is what i think people have got to be very careful when they when they're judging it yeah, England scored a seven and over on the flattest wicket in the history of the planet in that first test in Pakistan. But it, since then, it's been an in and around a run a ball, depending on the game. And it's about positive intent and trying to well, what's the, what's the best way to play to obtain a positive outcome. If that's declaring with 20 overs left in the day, because that's the best time to bowl. And this is where I think there's been a bit of a, their switch has come because they're picking they're they're playing the game as when is the best time to bowl? Yeah. Not beforehand, it's always been when is the best time to bat. And that I think is a massive switch. When is the best they they know their strengths are Broad Anderson and the Seamers? And so it's when in this game is going to be the best time to get them the, to give them the ball. You looked at what they did in Pakistan. Jack Leach bowled all day. Right. Jack Leach opened the bowling because the best time to bowl was with an older ball. And we're going to give it to Anderson, not Broad, obviously, in that situation, but, but I see him as Robinson, that type of thing. In this, they knew, right, the best time to bowl is going to be under lights. So we'll score quickly. We'll declare the 20 overs to go. Ooh. we do that. And that's that, for me, is where the biggest switch has come.
1: Positive intent.
2: In, in, in the mindset. How can style, we, yeah. we, You don't win a test unless you take 20 wickets. And the more the more logic you put behind their argument, the more it makes absolutely complete sense. When is going to be the best time for our guys to bowl? So, and they've been doing that, even if that means declaring when just after tea on day one. Or the one thing, the one thing that does do my nothing, and this is a rant, is overage. They've got to penalise people more yeah. because if you're if you're paying, if this summer, for example, you're paying a hundred, hundreds, Hundred pounds going to watch a day of the cricket, and it doesn't, and it's not rain affected, and you're only seeing 78, 79 overs. Someone, it, 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 it's that shocking. Yeah, I agree. That is that is absolutely shocking, and it. If if people were to all of a sudden start giving, they mean, to give refunds based on what they had or hadn't seen, I know obviously if you if you don't see twenty overs, they they, they refund anyway. But the, this stuff of people going at twelve and a half. So, you know, it was an hour has got to stop. It's got to stop. It's absolutely killing the viewing, the, the, everything that there is about it. And it, it, whether it's on captains, whether it's on umpires, whoever it's on, I think that's something that does drastically need to be worked on. But you look at the England side at the minute, and they're arguably the most informed test team in, in the world, which oh, it's to be. If, you were, if we were going to say that 12 months ago, everyone would have laughed at us.
1: One hundred percent.
0: What is it? Eleven guys... from
1: eleven from twelves
0: they've won. Yeah. Who's that side you lost to? Mm, can't remember now. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll move swiftly. No, no,
1: we lost to the we lost, to, we lost to the wicket and the weather at Lords, if you remember correctly.
0: You'd... Oh, the South Africans is that what they called the wicket and the weather fair? Okay. Mm. The one thing I will say is England have switched gears. They've moved from Basball to Benball. That's the new terminology. You guys need to keep up with the times and the new trends that are going on. So they've stopped calling it Bazville now because uh, yeah, Baz doesn't like it and Ben Stokes didn't like it. So they've moved it to Benville. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer one other piece of information here. Are New Zealand, the new whipping boys in test cricket. Because when you look cricket. at the World Test Championship ratings, they are languishing down in eighth, only above Bangladesh. And the only reason they are above them is because they happen to have won one more test than them. During this World Test Championship regime, they've only won two tests.
1: Question. In a previous episode, John O'Gordon may have suggested something along the lines of New Zealand being the new chokers of yes. world cricket. Yeah. And I kind of feel, not that that's completely, as a, as a statement is completely justified, but, you know, they they've they are kind of proving themselves to not ever be able to follow anything up brilliantly, are they? You know, they get to semi-finals of this, that and the other, and yes, that's the crunch, sharp end of all the tournaments and, and so on and so forth. But I just wonder if they will look back at this the, the group of players that they've over the last, I don't know, 10 years, let's say. I think of Guptal's when Guptal was just bombing it everywhere in, in white ball cricket. And they've had a, a massive selection of amazing cricketers over a, a sustained period now, but never actually managed to really achieve anything other than, obviously, yes, they won the World Test Championship, but sustained, sustained success is what separates the great from the good. And they've just never managed to, to kind of back anything up, have they? Yeah.
2: No, but I think if you, you look at... Simon agreed with me, get it. Well, I I I agree with you from a certain. To, oh, here we go. Here, we they, go. They won-
1: here comes the caveat, ladies and gentlemen.
2: That they, I mean, they won the inaugural Test Championship. Yeah, they, they were the first people to do it, so they achieved. And that was with the, like you say, you look at the side with Gupta, Williamson, Latham, Taylor, Southie, Bolt, and all these guys. They help, and they've always managed to produce a couple of players. And you might argue that this that's been their the last sort of the, over Ross Taylor's career is the point where they've had the best 11 that they've had over a different period. But like, like we also also said, winning sustained success is hard. There's a reason why it's only been done twice, really. It, it, when, you, when you look at it, you have the West Indies in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s, and you had the Australian side of late 90s, early noughties. Other mm-hmm. than that, it it doesn't it doesn't tend to happen. You don't get eight, nine, ten years of continually dom- dominating a, a situation. You just don't get it. It, it because players are good. It, it it's not easy to just go and dominate. Side you, you you're having a lot of situations where now because winning away is so much more difficult or seems to be so much more difficult. It, it's it's it is hard. It well. is. And And as soon as you get someone like New Zealand who don't necessarily play the most Test cricket, you look at they've been I mean, they've finished in the top four of the majority of the short form tournaments for the last five, six or seven tournaments. So yeah, you can potentially say, "Oh, they should have won it." And I think they will if, if New Zealand cricket anything re- regret have got anything to regret, it's the fact they didn't win one of those short format tournaments. Over through that time frame, when they've they've had the players they've got they've had, but I, I think if if you looked at England six, twelve months ago, where they were in the whole proceedings, I think we we were we were below where they are now, or below where New Zealand are now. Yeah, I they mean Bangladesh I, were better than us.
1: I was about to ask, so as a as a follow up question, then, do you think it's easier to criticise than congratulate? And and we we've covered this a few times, so. Obviously, South Africa have had the chokers tug around the net for, for so long, and we've brought New Zealand now into that conversation. Should we be looking at it as like consistent semi-finalists? That is that something to be celebrated? Because actually, when you consider how good most of the teams are, should should we be looking at that? Should we flip that around and congratulate rather than criticise? Or are, are New Zealand one of four, probably maybe five sides that should always be at that stage anyway, and so therefore... it. It is a disappointment to only be making semi-finals rather than
2: finals and winning stuff. I think it's an easy thing to say. When when you're looking at a World Cup, you're only looking at 10 teams, really, aren't you? So, so if you're in the top half, you're making a semi-final. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. So from that point of view, you can kind of say, well, yeah, they, they perhaps should be there. But you look at, out of those t- 10 teams, for example, that have played in the last World Cups on a r- regular basis, how many would we say... Should make a semi-final. England, India, Australia, Pakistan. Well, there you go. You have got four. And we haven't mentioned New Zealand yet. So, yeah, in every tournament. See, I don't. South Africa.
1: I, I would generally say you, you, New you... Zealand above Pakistan and probably South Africa on a par with Pakistan. Generally, I would put New Zealand as one of the big four. That would they they that would always be England, Australia, India, and, and New Zealand would be my initial four. With South, I mean, we all know about South Africa. South Africa can play some of the most watchable, brilliant cricket you've ever seen. But equally, we know that on their day, they can be awful. I'd say the same with same with Pakistan. Sometimes their fielding lets them down. Sometimes they don't play situation well. I suppose the, be- the beauty about what England have achieved, certainly in the Test setup, is that they've now they've all bought in two hundred percent to this new style of playing and are. are I guess, willing and accepting of the fact at times that it won't work. But they, they've they decided to go down a, a route and they've fully committed to it. And that's where we've seen such a big change. I don't think we've seen anybody else actually adapt their mentality in such a big fashion. You know, who who's to say that if New Zealand tried that or, I don't know, Zimbabwe tried it or West Indies or whatever, who's to say it wouldn't work for them? That it's just like they don't seem to be willing somehow to go okay England are doing that it's obviously working for them we might try the same thing why have we not seen anybody else really do that you do you got any views on that
0: I think it's because England have a no sheer sort of mentality at the moment where everyone else is more worried about losing than winning The test cricket has always been about if you're not going to win don't lose that's Mm. that's that's cricket for that. Well, that's always been the criticism for,
1: for English fans. English fans have always said that about Joe Root's captaincy. As, as great a player as he is, they were too scared to lose, so were never willing to go and attack for the win. Whereas now it couldn't yeah. be more opposite, could it? I mean,
2: who declares on day one with wickets in <laughs> hand? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's just. I mean, they were only I, nine I... down. They, they were nine down. They just, they yeah. just got to nine down. So, and it would be interesting to say, but they got 360 or whatever they got. So I think the acid test. And people can say what they like. If we're two nil down after the first two tests of the ashes, you could call it was ball fucking whatever you wanted to. Uh, <laughs> people will have forgotten about this. People, people genuinely will have forgotten mm. because we all know that's what English cricket is judged on. Yeah. No matter whether Australia think it's harder to win in India, I mean they're fundamentally proving that that it is. <laughs> but, but like it, it, it doesn't matter, and and. Yes, we can sit here now saying how good it is, and the fact that we're walloping Pakistan in Pakistan, and the fact that we're comfortably beating New Zealand in New Zealand, and we've we've beaten South Africa over in the UK, and all this kind of stuff. But it won't. It'll be irrelevant. It will be fundamentally irrelevant unless we win the Ashes. It, it, and I can't. I I don't agree with that. But let's let's see what all these baseball journalists and stuff are saying when England are one nil down after head head, head in after Headingley, after Edgebaston or whatever it might be. I mean I doubt we I don't think we will be, but if we lose that first test and England have gone Australia have got four hundred in nearly two days and England have got hundred and twenty in fifteen overs, bowled out, and then got brawled for two hundred again and lost by an innings. Let's
0: Yeah I don't I don't, I don't think know. that will
2: happen, but let's see what everyone's saying at that point.
0: I don't know what we were worried about with the, the Ashes walk or walking Ashes, I think was what we'd called it. But that, that walk from Lords to Leeds, it's not going to be three days. I mean, that test will be over in two days, the way that they're playing at the moment. So we'll, we'll have it at six days. I mean, I don't know what we were worried <laughs> about yeah. that. Well, also, but for, according to this,
1: you and I are walking to Edgebuston for the first test, and Simon's walking to Hadley on his own. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Lovely,
2: lovely spot. Lead.
1: I thought I thought we were all walking the entire thing together. It just turns out that Simon is doing no, that.
2: I'm doing it reverse. I've made up my own order. Dear me. I mentioned
1: briefly at the start, the England
2: women, the big crunch game for them in their
1: group was always going to be against India to try and get the top spot in the group, wasn't it, for the, in theory the easiest semi-final. The the girls are looking all right, aren't they? they they've gone pretty well so far. Obviously, Australia are doing really well. They had that loss to Ireland in the friendly, but other than that, are just rolling everything
2: before them, as we would expect. You'd probably expect that to be the final, wouldn't you, again? Well, India might have something to say about that. And the Pakistan women's side look, seem to look quite useful as well, but... England have got to play Pakistan tomorrow. Is it Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday at kind of, like one o'clock. Yeah. yeah, which decides, well, which will basically decide who finishes top. I think if, if Pakistan beat England, then India are more than likely going to finish top, and it then brings also qualification in to peril a little bit for England. England needs to be a bit careful. I, I think they they seem to have adopted this ultra aggressive mantra at the start, and. Um, they keep getting bailed out by nat Skiver brunt and the captain keeps, Heather Knight keeps Heather Knight keeps getting them out of the, getting them out of the shit a little bit Certainly that's what happened against India the other day. I think they were eight eight for two, eleven for three in the first four overs or something, and then nats giver Brunt and Heather Knight put on a a, a lot She's different gear nat givever brunt She's Absolutely phenomenal.
1: Is she any relation to Nat Siverbrunt?
2: Depends how you want to say it.
0: <laughs> depends if you're South African uh, right, or English. Yeah. I mean skivers. It depends if
2: Marnus Lib- is, is related to <laughs> Manus Lebouchane or not. That was like a mini rant from Simon. I finally dragged one yeah. out of him. He, he said, Listeners, yeah. you should see the
0: look on his face when I challenged him on that. He, like he wanted to jump through my computer screen and strangle me i'm not really interested in the england pakistan game if i'm honest i'm more interested in the south africa bangladesh game because if south africa i'm I'm guessing yeah i'm looking at the points log and all of that we have to the south african woman have to beat bangladesh and by the looks of things on net and run rate, they go above the new zealand woman which means they'll go through and i think they'll be playing against the english then. so that would be a pretty cool a little a little feisty one there so that would be pretty cool to watch i think
1: Something else for us to celebrate, Simon, so, mean, at Eugene's expense, no doubt. He who laughs last
0: laughs longest.
1: Oh, something like that. Something Clip. Like
0: that. Ready for posting when South Africa beat England <laughs> last Yeah,
1: Is it, So you're very, you're very good at making me look stupid, and also like, but deleting your little
0: stupid bits <laughs> from the recordings, aren't you? Most um, definitely, am. I mean, it's called editor's prerogative. Thank you very much. Appreciate the uh, the, 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 the note. We, uh, we've,
1: we've covered a little bit on the Ashes, the Ashes Walk tonight. So, and we've still yet to really, really tell people what it is. So I feel like tonight's the night, gents. Obviously, the Taverners, that's what we do all of this for in terms of talking about events and attending events and golf days and whatever. So the three of us are officially going to walk the Ashes. 12th of June, we set off from Lord's Taverners HQ in Chancery Lane in central London, and we will walk to Edgebaston, arriving for the first ball of the first day's play on the 16th I believe we will then have a, a route then from we walk from Edgebaston to Lords then from Lords to Headingley the the idea being that we arrive for the first ball of the f- of the first morning of each test so Lords Headingley is going to be a tough one because that is only a three-day turnaround then we go from Headingley to Old Trafford Old Trafford to the Oval and then we finish by walking from the Oval to Lord's Taverners HQ. I think on the 31st of July we finish the route. So clearly depends yeah, on when that not... match ends. But yeah,
0: 2.9 miles yeah. that walk will be. That'll be the the the, the, the tough one. Not, not the two. That will be a walk of 30 mile.
1: A walk of absolute celebration that will be. We might end up crawling up the stairs at Lord's Taverners HQ for a glass of champagne. I would think, but. Yes, gentlemen. Very, very excited. Have we been doing much, much practice? Obviously, we've talked a little bit about the practice we've been doing. Simon and I haven't managed to get out for a couple of weeks,
2: although I did have a walk yesterday. Have you boys been up to much? I I played golf on Saturday morning, which was about yeah about six six or so miles, and then yesterday morning I did the little six mile loop, so with my my dog. So yeah, I'm at, I think the other a couple of weeks ago we did a twenty odd miles in a weekend, didn't we? Yeah. That was that was all right yeah it's now the now the nights are starting to draw out a bit it's there's going to be a bit more time and we can get out and do a few bit more bits and bobs after work and and whatever but yeah i I've, I've been doing bits i feel i very feel vaguely positive about it. My feet have seemed to be holding up touch wood i am I'm, I'm starting the new whole new diet next week, getting the old hello fresh slash gusto slash whatever else and getting the healthy meals in. So hoping to hoping to be doing sort of a minimum of forty miles a week starting starting from next week. So yeah. It, it should be a, it should be a, a good one. Huge. As the obviously the lapse
0: of the living room since you lost the key to exit your property last Sunday. Yeah. I've done absolutely nothing this week. And you need to start <laughs> up in a though. Yeah, I mean i felt fairly confident prior to seeing you boys for your birthday and then um yeah, the the liver was evil and it was punished. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I have fully recovered from that now. And yeah, from my perspective, it'll get back on it probably this week. If I'm honest. So yeah, you don't but, look um, quite you don't
1: you don't look quite so green as you did when we recorded last week.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's 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 what one weekend with you lads. Sorry, one night with <laughs> you lads. Do. I mean, exactly, yeah. well, you know, what you know twenty going to do? We're we walking six hundred miles. Yeah, right. exactly. Gonna say when Will said, Oh, that Eugenie's a proper boozer. No, you two are just next level. I mean, I haven't touched anything since I last, well, Sunday when I got home. You guys have been back on it apparently. So, yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, yeah, we're you know. is, is
0: harder than, than, than the South.
1: Well yeah, it's it's colder up here, isn't it? The times are tougher, so we have to we have to get through it somehow. No, I'm joking, it's it's lovely <laughs> idea. We we love it. But yeah, no, we Lisa and our friends come down from from Leeds on Saturday, so that ended up as an did absolute debacle. Take him. Did they walk from Leeds? No, 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 no. But we did go for a walk on Sunday morning before they, they went home. They brought their little boy William. So we took took those guys out with Raffi and and Finbar the dog and did a nice little walk, which was nice. Simon, you said you did about six miles playing golf, which kind of been that successful around, but it's ten miles less than Eugene normally does whenever he plays. So talk to us, talk to us about these these new golf clubs. Obviously, mine I've been sat looking at for a few days now and haven't managed to get them out. But my my old golf clubs have managed to find themselves
2: a new home, have they not? P- potentially, yeah. They're um, I'm just sampling them at the minute.
0: Now we're getting a second run out this Saturday. Yeah. I- I quite like them. I they on, see Quite nice. Hang on. You bought golf bats for yourself. Yeah. Have ended up not liking them. And Simon now and might have new golf bats. No. No, 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 Simon's no. Simon's got my old set. Oh, yeah. I see. I was wondering what you guys were talking about there. Context. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, I Johnny's
2: John on a third world debt on some new golf club. <laughs> and uh and hasn't been able to. They, they, they're currently, I think, Raffy's probably swarming more than Jono. Has. Yeah, basically, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. So I thought. So I thought. Where you were lining yourself up there, for there, Eugene was. Well, Simon, if Jono's had your old one, if you've had Jono's old ones, surely I'm having your old
0: ones. <laughs> They'd need to cut like at least half a foot of the club off the. My neck was sore from looking <laughs> at Jono last week. There's no chance those things will fit.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Actually, we have got that to look forward to. The three of us are golfing together, aren't we, on the 21st mm-hmm. of March at Denham Golf Club in a Lord's Taverners Golf Day. Very excited about that. There's going to be, I think, Joe Root's due to be there, along with a few other cricketing legends. So that's something very in much month. to look forward to. It's a today almost. Yeah, month tomorrow. Beautiful golf course, Denham, as well. Very, very nice. Tight. Tends to be lots of trees tight on the left, Eugene. So Perfect. you're going to have to tell us. It's
0: not tight on the right. I'm, I'm okay.
1: No, but but you're set. You're set off so far left in order to get tight right. That that's yeah, my. Okay. Yeah. I'll just
0: take wedge off the, yeah. off the off the off the tee box all the time. Just wedge yeah. off the
1: box and then drive her off the deck. Just just oh, reverse dolchicon. Yep,
0: yeah. yeah. Who's playing with us, by yeah. the way?
2: The, the the pig of bush. Oh, nice. Yeah, Michelle. Red wine to me last night. He always does that. He's got he's got a tendency yeah. to do that. Yeah, he he, he, he pops over last night. He he was working up in Leicester today, and he popped over last night. And he, he always brings a bottle of red, very nice bottle of red. But we ended up having two bottles of red wine and the, the best part of our bottle of whiskey on a Amazing. Sunday. Thanks so that, you,
0: so that you could understand him. Well, yeah, basically. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he's trying to educate most, me in the, the, the ways of red wine.
1: He is the most South African South African you've ever met, He's, he's bush yeah. People. I, when, he, when he got to our party last week, he, he introduced some, himself to someone as Michael. I was like, excuse me? No. Nope. No, 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 no.
0: Michiel. There's not enough phlegm in Michael, is there? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah. I
0: even got the, no, no, my, I'm yeah. not Michiel. My name's Bushfig.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, he's to, is that lad. So, yeah, very excited to hit the golf course with him as well on the 21st. Right, gentlemen it's now 5 to 11 on a monday night we do this to ourselves every week don't we but we love it and we hope you do too if you do enjoy listening to this podcast please like share review five stars i think our button's now set just to five stars i don't think it will accept anything else and uh, yeah tell all your friends i think that's about all i've got to be honest chaps i'm I'm now ready for bed
2: well, if anyone has any medical supplies of gout or blister treatment by the way then that would be yeah a delight ready for the walk yeah yeah.
1: I've got loads of blister pads. I I've stocked up on them. But yeah, unfortunately, I think I'm just going to have
2: oh, to go off the booze
0: between now and the walk. I was going to say think, what causes so gout. Be... Yeah, prevention is better than cure. There you go. Hashtag
2: mm. Dr. Yeah, Huge. so yeah. I... <laughs> yeah, I'm... It, is, it it might be better, but it's far less fun. <laughs> it
1: is, but yeah. I, and I've just I've just remembered that we're playing golf with Bush Pig in a month, so I might just have to like hit my pot off the on the 18th green and just leg it. I think so I don't, I don't get bushpicked. But yes, all right, chaps. Well look, we look forward to another wonderful world of cricket, a wonderful week of worldly cricket. I've got that I said that dreadfully. That's because it's now four minutes to eleven on Monday night. And uh, yeah, we shall report back this time next week. So until then. Love you bye. Take care. Mm.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.